You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Kenny Ortiz. This is Theology for the Rest of Us coming at you from the beautiful Twin Cities region here in Minnesota. So glad to have you. Thanks for taking time out to download this episode of the podcast and listen to what this crazy guy Kenny has to say. Uh, Super stoked to have you. This is episode 248, and I'm going to do something in this episode that I have not done in any previous episode. Uh, and I'm not sure I'll ever do it again. Uh, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I am going to basically cover the exact same content that I covered in the previous episode, episode 247, but I'm going to do it in very short order. I'm basically going to do the Cliff Notes version. And the reason why is because I've I've corresponded with several of my friends and a handful of people out there with some of, our, some of my longer episodes. Sometimes people don't have time to listen to the longer episodes. Or if they're honest, they'll say, hey, I just am kind of lazy. I don't want to listen to a whole episode. So that's fine. I'm not upset about it. I totally get it. And I also know it's true because I can look at the download numbers. And I know that any episode longer than 20 minutes uh, takes a little bit of a dip in download numbers than the episodes that are 15 minutes or shorter. Um, Many of you like the shorter episodes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover all of the content or a chunk of the content from episode 247, but this is the short version of it. So in episode 247, I answered the question, how old is the earth or how old is the universe? And then of course I kind of dove into or dovetailed into the the question or the topic of how old is the earth? There are five views. There's actually a sixth view, which I'll talk about in future episodes as well. Um, Let me give you the five views that I covered in episode 247 I'm going to give them very, very quickly. And again, if you really want to learn more about these or you want to, you want to unpack them, you want me to unpack them, you want to hear kind of the longer versions of them, go back and listen to episode 247. Also, in episode 247, I gave a lot of preamble, preamble info, a lot of caveats, some historical perspectives that I also think are very helpful. I'm not going to go into it in this episode. I may barely mention it at the end. But again, I would highly encourage you, if you really want to learn more about this, go back to episode 247. Okay, here are the the five views I covered in that episode, in short order. Uh, When it comes to the age of the universe and age of the earth, number one, there's the uh, the view that the earth is, excuse me, the the view that the universe is billions and billions of years old, the earth is millions and millions of years old, and that all of the creatures on planet earth today, all life forms, all evolved from one single, single cell organism you know, millions and millions of years ago that we all evolved. This is the secular worldview, the naturalistic or Darwinian uh, view of, you know, the, the origin of species. And this is a view that would say humans evolved apart from a creator, apart from God, or apart from an intelligent designer. We as Christians, clearly we reject that view. We believe that is not what is absolutely true. Uh, We believe the Bible says otherwise, and there are massive gaping holes in the world of science that call into question that theory. So that's sort of view number one. View number two is the young earth view. That is that the earth is only approximately 6,000 years old or 7,000 years old, that the universe is only a few thousand years old, um, and that there's a literal six-day creation. That when God created the world, he did it in a literal six-day 
period, you know, each day was a literal 24-hour period, a, a solar day, so to speak, and that uh, and that God created the universe and the earth with the appearance of age. That He created everything in a mature fashion, kind of like when a movie starts. The movie may only be in existence for a few seconds, but the characters, they all look like they've been there for a while, right? Um, the, the, the obvious example of this that young earthers will use is Adam, right? God created Adam as a func- fully functional man. Adam may have existed for only 90 seconds, but he appeared to be an adult man, right? Probably had a beard, probably had chest hair, right? He is obviously way beyond puberty. Like he is a fully functioning, mature adult man at the time of creation. And that, and that that's basically how God created everything. God created the universe and the earth and, and humanity with maturity, with the appearance of age already intact. That is sort of the young earth view. And that is a view that is, that is, prominent in a lot of evangelical and fundamental Christian circles uh, today. And tragically, there's a lot of young earthers out there that will basically say, if you don't believe this, then you are compromising the integrity of the scripture, or you don't believe in the inerrancy of scripture, or we have to question your fidelity. We have to question your loyalty to the gospel, your loyalty to the scriptures. And basically, you can't be a good Christian if you don't believe in young earth. Attached to that, a lot of young earthers assume that if you're not a young earther, then you automatically believe in evolution. And, and quite frankly, that's actually not true. And so again, I, I unpacked this extensively back in episode 247 and, and why that's not true. And I talked about some of the historical elements of that. Again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that in, in episode 247. Um, so those are kind of the two, two of the views that obviously are talked about quite a bit. The the secular worldview, the, the naturalistic Darwinian evolutionary view versus the young earth, literal six-day. Genesis 1 is a literal account of the narrative of God's created, God creating everything. There are three other views that I covered in 247, kind of the old earth creationist views. Number one, I covered the kind of the allegorical view or the metaphoric view. There are some Christians that would say that Genesis 1 is metaphoric. Um, you know, that when God says day one, that it wasn't necessarily a literal 24-hour period, it wasn't a literal day, but instead one day is sort of a metaphor for for a long period of time, maybe hundreds of thousands of years or maybe millions of millions of years, and that God was creating things and doing things over the course of a long period of time and that the, that the six days of creation in Genesis 1 are a metaphor for a much longer period of time, and that's why you know, the earth is old, the universe is old, and it basically Genesis 1 is a metaphor. Um, I don't believe that. I, I think I think there are a lot of Christians that say that's a viable interpretation of Genesis chapter 1. Um, I, I'm not so sure as I interpret Genesis 1 that I that I see that in the scripture. I don't think that's a viable way of interpreting it. Uh, but I do know faithful Christians that do believe that, and I don't think they're heretics. I don't think they're false believers, right? I count them as brothers and sisters in the Lord. I may disagree with them, but I don't think they're false prophets, or, or I don't think that they're in attacking the inerrancy or the integrity of the scriptures by embracing that view. Uh, another old earth creation view, or, or an old earth view within the realm of biblical creation, is the idea that is known as the gap theory. This is, uh, this is a theory that is relatively popular in certain Christian circles. There are certain prominent uh, Christian authors and theologians that are kind of pushing this one, this particular view. And that's the idea that God created 
everything, the earth, the universe, the created, all the matter, all the material, all the gases, everything has been was created. And then God sort of waited a long period of time. There was a gap. And then God then over the course of a six-day period created everything that's here on planet earth. So the gap theory says Genesis 1.1, you know, it says that God created everything, heavens and the earth, and then God let it sit for, you know, billions of years or maybe, you know, hundreds of millions of years, didn't do anything with it. And then over the course of a six-day period, God then intervenes and he creates everything on planet earth and prepares it perfectly. And on day six, they, you know, there is, uh, you know, he creates humanity, creates Adam, and then eventually creates Eve. That is the the gap. The gap theory is that, uh, you know, the earth is old, the universe is old, but the six-day creation is still a literal six-day time period, but there's just a gap between God creating everything billions of years ago and then the literal six-day time in which he created all the animals and all the species and then eventually humanity, and that was probably anywhere from, you know, six to 10,000 years ago that that took place, maybe 15,000 years, um, and, and, and the, the basis for the length of time is the genealogies, so that's sort of the, uh, the, the gap theory. Then there's a, a third theory in the world of old earth creationism, and that's what is now being called historical creationism. Um, and this is this was recently articulated by uh, by a guy named John Sailhammer in a book called Genesis Unbound. He's a Hebrew and Old Testament scholar, um, but he wasn't the first one to, to assert these ideas. There were there are many ideas throughout the course of church history that sort of allude to this idea. In fact, Augustine back in the fourth century, one of the early church fathers, he wrote some things that sound much like what John Sailhammer is asserting in this. And and I mentioned in episode two forty seven that that. This view is a view that I'm that seems to make sense to me, and I think I think I'm starting to lean towards in some ways. Um, again, you can read about it in the book called Genesis Unbound. But in this view, basically, uh, this historical creationist view creation of view is the idea that that John that Genesis one one says in the beginning God created everything, and that the word in the beginning or that that phrase that moment is basically a very long period of time. That for a very long period God is creating things, ordering things, doing things. That He didn't just let it sit, but He's constantly doing things and being and creating things. And then eventually, there comes a time, you know, sometime between the last six to ten thousand years, that He intervenes, and then again for a literal six day period He begins to to bring order and form and kind of cultivate the earth and and begin to you know, bring forth the veg- vegetation and he begins to create an environment that is perfect for human life and for the inhabitants of earth. So, you know, with the gap theory, it was God created everything, but it was unorderly. It was sort of chaotic. And then he let it sit for a while. And then he then then he steps back in, and over six days, he kind of recreates it all over the course of six days and makes the world as we know it today, and then he creates humans. But with the historical creationist view, it's it's different than the gap theory in that God never lets it sit. For billions of years, God is doing things. God is intervening. God is creating. God is moving things around. It's never this sense where he created it and then let it sit and then came back. But he's always intervening, always doing things. And then when he physically sets out over that six-day period to be or when he, when he actually sets out to create humanity during that six day of creation, he's not 
recreating or even creating new things, but that he is actually bringing things to order that were sort of already there that he's kind of been bringing together over the course of the last few billion years. That in the beginning means over the course of billion years, billions of years, or maybe hundreds of millions of years, he's creating, doing, intervening. And then all of a sudden there comes a moment in history where God sort of kind of pivots and begins to focus squarely on preparing the earth for humans. And over the course of a literal six-day period, you know, six 24-hour days, solar days, God is now then specifically bringing forth vegetation and cultivating the environment on planet earth that is perfectly necessary for human life. And then he brings that all forth. And then, of course, on that literal sixth day, he then creates Adam and Eve and, uh, and, and then, you know, then we're off to the races, so to speak, within, you know, human history. Now, there is a sixth view that I did not cover in 247, but I will cover in the next episode, episode 249, and that is the idea of theistic evolution. And that is that, that, that evolution is the process by which God used to create the earth. So this is different than secular evolution. This is theistic evolution, that, that evolution is what brought forth humans and all the species, and that God was guiding it along the way, that God was bringing forth, causing evolution to end in the result that he wanted it to end in. And I reject that view. I don't think there's any scientific or scriptural evidence for that, but I will cover that extensively in episode 249 in the next episode. So no need to cover that here in episode 248. So how old is the earth? Here's the answer. I actually don't know. I don't know. I don't think the Bible tells us. I don't think it's completely clear. I think that there is some strong evidences for several of those views. Of course, I reject the secular or naturalistic worldview that says that we evolved from, uh, you know, from a single cell organism uh, apart from a creator. I obviously reject that. Um, but I think there are faithful Christians that hold to all of those views. And in my opinion, this is a tertiary debate. This is not a an absolutely essential topic where we absolutely must agree. So if you're not sure where you stand or you, you you feel like this is not essential enough for you to do a lot of study on, that's perfectly acceptable. I think there are faithful Christians on all different sides of this debate and we should be charitable and gracious to one another and, and allow one another to have the latitude to disagree in this particular subject, in this particular topic. If you want to do more study on the topic, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to episode 247, where I unpack this in much more detail. Or you can go to our website and look at the show notes for this episode, where I've got lots and lots of resources you can check out. So head on over to TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com, look at the show notes for this episode, episode 248, and check out some of those additional resources. Hey, thanks for listening to this shorter version of the same content. I hope this has been helpful to you. If you have any questions or you need anything from me, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email. My address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. Again, that's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. <laughs>